everyone, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and today we'll be diving into The Crown Season 6, Episode 8 of Royal Night Out. Sorry, I mean The Ritz. And not to spoil what we're about to talk about today, but I'm going to come out strong and say that I think this episode is the best episode of Season 6 that we've seen so far. This is what I've been asking about from The Crown for what feels like months now. Relationships between members of the royal family, an ability to focus on someone and not forget uh, how that ties back to Elizabeth, some happy moments, some sad moments, some kinky moments. I thought it was all great. And joining me as always to discuss are my two co-hosts. First, a man who can jitterbug with the best of them. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, what is the key to a good jitterbug? I wouldn't know. I, I'm a pitifully bad dancer. Like I, I have been told by multiple people, like <laughs> you have no rhythm. <laughs> you would be in the upstairs room where you barely need to move. Exactly. Yeah, I'd be <laughs> by the trip cocktail. Got you. Uh, also back with us today, a woman who brought her troublesome imaginary friend. It's uh, it's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, please introduce us to your imaginary friend. Well, when I was a child, I had one. I had a T Rex. I don't know if it had a name though. It was just like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park, and I would pretend that it was following me around and like was my friend. So, uh, Rexy. Nice. But my version. So your imaginary friend is a, is it, is it, wait, so the imaginary friend is also the toy, or it's like a larger version of the toy? No, no, it's like a, like a T-Rex. No, from Jurassic Park. It's called Rexy. Okay. The big one. So it's a full. <laughs> the one that like full... terrorizes everyone in the movie. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, nice to meet you, Rexy. As always, you know, uh, before we get things kicked off, just like to mention that, you know, we, we don't know about these events. So if you came here for any sort of factual clarity, you came to the wrong place. And I think this episode is a unique instance in that we were not expecting it, but we have seen this depicted on film and television before when we did watch, as I uh, slipped earlier, the 2015 movie A Royal Night Out. I think we watched that almost two years ago now. The the movie starring Sarah Gaddon, Belle Powley, Jack Rayner, and Emily Watson, where it is VE Day, and Queen Elizabeth and Margaret sneak out of the palace and basically have a night on the town. I think at the time, you know, we said this as well, but we kind of thought, eh, was this maybe some fan fiction? But apparently not. Apparently this is canon, because here it is in The Crown. Elizabeth and Margaret going out on VE Day and just having a, a wild night of dancing and, and kissing people and, and getting random gum in their mouths. So who knew? Who knew that this was all this was all canon? I certainly didn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like <laughs> the moment that they start doing the V Day thing, I was like, oh my God. It's the thing. <laughs> it's the movie. Yeah. I mean in, in fairness, it was very different from the movie. I mean, yeah, it was. But, like, the actresses even look similar somehow. Like, I don't know. It was all very uncanny. Yeah. Well, I actually, like, yeah, right out the gate, like, the actresses, like, that casting was just, like, almost eerie. Like, the the actress that they got to play Elizabeth just looked like a miniature toy version of uh, of uh, Claire Foy. And, oh, uh, yeah, the actress, yeah, the actress for, uh, you know, like, the basically the Vanessa Kirby stand in same thing. Like, they could not have found, like, a more striking resemblance to those original crown actresses. Well, interestingly, the Margaret actress has played young Margaret since season one. Oh, that oh. was the same one? Mm-hmm. But, oh, that's really cute. But the Queen oh, Elizabeth actress, this was the first time that she's ever been on the crown. I thought that was a little, wow, that was interesting. But yeah, Yeah, so the Margaret actress, though, I guess, has not lost the ability 
to look like Vanessa Kirby <laughs> as, as seven her. years have gone by. That yeah. was incredible foresight on their part. It was. Yeah. Who, who could have thought? Yeah. Uh, okay, but before we get too deep into the details, Ivan, can you give us a quick recap of what we saw here in The Crown, episode 608? Yeah, um, and, and I'd, be, I'd be happy to, and I'll, I'll emphasis on quick, because I feel like this episode, you know, there are some broad strokes that I can talk about, and then we can really kind of uh, dive into the nitty gritty of it uh, later on in the discussion. So, uh, yeah, th- this episode kind of takes place across two different timelines. Uh, in the present day, uh, Margaret has suffered a stroke while on vacation, and she returns home where she's told by her doctors that she really needs to kind of give up her uh, vices and all the things that kind of make life worth living for her in terms of indulgences. So, um, you know, smoking, drinking, she has to undergo like physical rehab. Um, and, and she doesn't really sit, stay super committed to this. And then, um, while on a subsequent vacation, she suffers another stroke that actually uh, also comes with the uh, consequence of her uh, burning her feet in some boiling hot water, uh, which uh, definitely immobilizes her a little bit. Um, uh, In the lead up to uh, her uh, 70th birthday party, uh, she and Elizabeth really start to kind of reminisce about uh, the olden days. And and Margaret makes references to some of the things that happened on uh, VE Day that night of that celebration uh which the episode explores through flashbacks um at the 70th birthday uh margaret even starts uh talking about um this this sort of uh sense that there was something that night uh that uh kind of solidified the idea that uh elizabeth made some sacrifice in becoming the queen elizabeth kind of abruptly cuts off that story and and uses it as an opportunity to then toast margaret um some additional time passes uh margaret's health uh, continues to decline uh which eventually uh results in an off-screen uh passing uh where we're told in uh text in the epilogue that she died in her sleep in 2000 2002. Uh, but yeah, all of this is uh, sort of uh, a cut with some flashbacks uh, of uh, VE Day, uh, where similar to the film uh, Royal Night Out, uh, the two sisters kind of sneak out of the palace for uh, an evening of celebrations. Uh, in this version, they are accompanied by young versions of uh, Peter Townsend, as well as Porchy. Uh, they do end up going to the Ritz. Um, and uh, during the party there, Elizabeth gets sort of uh, pulled away into a much wilder much more colorful party that's happening uh downstairs and kind of the basement level uh of the hotel where there's dancing and music and jitterbugs and dashing american soldiers who have promised her a much better time than what's going on upstairs uh elizabeth ends up having the time of her life uh her three companions end up finding her down there and and witness her uh really just kind of enjoying herself and this has a profound effect on margaret who kind of gets to witness her sister uh sort of do away with uh, the uh, uh, sort of official um, uh, image that she needs to present all the time and really just kind of be herself and enjoy her youth. Uh, They have a little bit of a a morning of walk back to the uh, cat. They they end up having a bit of a walk back to the palace the next morning where they uh, reminisce about that night and they talk about what that means. uh, And that kind of uh, fades into the uh, conclusion of the episode uh, where we learn again in present day that Margaret has uh, passed away uh, in 2002. So yeah, that is episode uh, eight Ritz. Thanks, Ivan. So yeah, I've come out very strong. I think for this episode, but I'm curious to hear what you guys thought. So uh, I guess, Carlin, what did you, what did you think of this episode? Oh, I loved it. I mean, I was basically crying the whole time, but like, 
like it was it was highly emotional like you said it was very focused on the relationships which like I think it's interesting because they it's always been this theme where like now you look back and you're like oh yeah like this sister relationship has always been very important and it's kind of nice to focus back on it when it's clear the characters have like you know grown enough and like are old enough now that they can focus on it too and so I thought that was a really beautiful story and I thought that they put together the like V-Day storyline and the current day Ritz storyline really well I thought that was pretty that was clever yeah I, I had a great time with this episode yeah, I mean, I would say the least flattering thing that I can say about this episode is that it is not my favorite Margaret-centric episode. I, f- I feel like there have been some really powerful ones in the past. But having said that, uh, yeah, there was a lot to like here. Um, first and foremost, I thought it was a very uh, strong and classy send-off to Margaret. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think the decision to not depict her death on screen was a was a good one. Like I, I, I felt very relieved about that because I don't think that would have added much to the story. Um, and it's not the way that Margaret herself would have uh, probably liked uh, for people to remember her as kind of the the final image of her. Yeah, the the flashbacks to uh, you know the the VE Day celebrations were very fun and well done. Um, I, I I do wish we got a little bit more of those. Uh, I mean, they yeah. were very fluffy and lighthearted and joyous, uh, uh, you know, as a just juxtaposition to what was happening in the present day. Um, so I would have liked to see a little bit more of that just because it's, uh, you know, these are uh, this is a time period that has been almost completely unexplored in The Crown. Uh, you know, the show begins uh, basically take, uh, taking place right after the end of the war, but we never saw this uh, version of the sisters at this age uh, in, in this state of mind. So that was great. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would say... You know, I, I I have to think long and hard about whether this is my favorite episode of the season because uh, the previous two were also, you know, breaths of fresh air, um, especially, you know, kind of coming off of what I've said this a million times, the past season and a half has been like, uh, you know, we're now in a much stronger stretch of episodes and there's a lot of good stuff here to choose from. So, uh, yeah, yeah, really solid. Uh, really enjoyed this one. I guess, yeah, let's let's start with Margaret. So, I mean, Ivan, to the point that you just made, this Maybe wasn't the best or the strongest Margaret episode that we've seen, but it was a Margaret episode in that the Margaret that we know, the Margaret who you can't really convince to do anything, you're not going to ever take away her alcohol and her sweets and her cigarettes. She's always very headstrong, you know, comes back into the focus here, and she's really taken a back seat, I think, throughout most of this season, and even most of last season as well. We haven't really had the opportunity to focus on her quite as much as we did in earlier seasons. Glad that she got her own episode as kind of a send-off here. Yeah, I feel like this actor... I forget this actress's name. I probably should have known. Leslie Manville, yeah. Yes, Leslie uh, Manville. I, I think this was, to your point, this was like the first proper uh, spotlight on her. Um, we did get one episode last season that kind of dealt with her uh, reconnecting with Peter Townsend later in life. I would not look back and say that that was a particularly uh, strong or memorable episode, but I do think this one, uh, the actress really gets to make her mark. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, I really enjoyed her performance. I thought that her range here also is very good because we see Margaret fully like vibrant, alive, enjoying life in the beginning. And I feel like by the end of the episode, we really see her fully kind of like falling apart, breaking down like her body and the way that even her mouth, like what she was doing with her mouth even Mm -hmm. was really powerful. Yeah, no, it was so harrowing to watch some of these scenes like the bathtub scene yeah that last scene with elizabeth where she's in the hospital bed 
yeah, she had she had a lot of range just in this one episode. It was very impressive. Yeah, the the bathtub scene in particular might be the most visceral thing we've ever seen on the crown. I I, I don't know that yeah. I can think of anything that competes with it. Honestly, way more visceral than the Romanov episode where everyone was getting stabbed. Like this was more visceral than that, which is saying something. Not just that, even like this, I thought the scenes after where she's trying to fit into her shoe uh, oh, and you see yeah. how swollen her foot is, like that was insane. Yeah. I thought my, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this episode was just the history of the relationship between Margaret and Queen Elizabeth. I think obviously in the first season, there was the whole Peter Townsend arc. We get, I think in the finale, something like you know, that Margaret would never forgive her or something like that, or she would at least never forget. Um, Mm -hmm. But here we are 50 plus years later, and they're really just like, they've really come to appreciate each other. Queen Elizabeth makes that speech on Margaret's birthday that's basically like, Margaret has been my lifelong ally and companion. And there was really no conflict here between the two of them. It was really kind of just, I think, a celebration of their relationship Mm-hmm. But I didn't think there needed to be conflicts necessarily because we had that we've watched six seasons of them kind of navigate how to relate to each other and how to understand who the other person is. So I think I just appreciated it for that. Yeah, for sure. And there's also a bit of a kind of subtle contrast here in that, um, you know, very unceremoniously, we also find out that Porchy dies uh, in this episode yeah. and it, it happens off screen and, it, and it, it's... It, in a way, like almost treated as an afterthought, uh, despite, uh, you know, Porchy also having been a very prominent and integral part of Elizabeth's life. They're kind of making a statement by just sort of quickly hand waving his his death away, um, because in the grand scheme of things, the relationship with Margaret is the one that is most precious to her. Yeah, I mean, it's just a really devastating, like, compounding of events when you think about probably what short a period of time it was between Porchy's death and Margaret's death like probably what like a year uh yeah the timeline here was a little wobbly like I I I wasn't wobbly in the sense that like it wasn't super clear how much time was passing or or really when this episode was largely taking place because uh, while it made it clear that uh, Margaret passed away in 2002 I I don't know did they establish like what year this was taking place otherwise because this timeline has been zipping around quite a bit this season no they did because of the weird choice the weirdest choice (laughs) The one complaint that I have about this episode yeah. <laughs> was that they didn't need to do this, but they, for some reason, included the World Trade Center. Yeah, so it was 2001. And they yeah. mentioned Margaret's 70th birthday, so... But what part of the episode was the, the 9-11 thing? Uh, where were we in the, the, end. the progression of the story? Toward the Between end, yeah. That was strokes. That was after her second so it could, stroke. So, like, yeah. the episode really could have, like, be, begun any, like, any time in the late 90s, right? I feel like it probably... I don't know. Most of it, I would say, is probably around 2001. Okay, sure. But I can't, I can't say for sure. Yeah, and I thought it was really effective that they kind of showed Elizabeth and Porchy before Philip was in the picture. Like, that was also really interesting to juxtapose that and sort of everything we can put on top of that with Porchy's death. I don't know. Like, even him, I was like, oh, no. Our boy, our horse boy, he's gone. Well, and, and we also saw a briefly a present day Porchy at uh, Margaret's birthday, too, because I, I, I think we, we, we had sort of uh, joked uh, last season that like Porchy was mentioned a couple of times and, and was uh, alluded to being just off screen, like, you know, somewhere over there. Uh, yeah. But this time around, they went ahead and, and cast a, an in the flesh Porchy that 
I don't think had any lines in the present day, but was just kind of seated there next to Elizabeth. I mean, when you hardly have Elizabeth, there's no room for Porchies. So just kind of walking through the timeline here. So in the present, we get Margaret, or I guess the present, in, at least in terms of the, the crown timeline, you know, Margaret goes on a trip to Barbados and has her first stroke. Um, she's, it seems kind of just living her life, kind of the Margaret that we've come to know. Um, really, she enjoys being around people. She loves throwing parties. She's recounting the tale of how one of her former lovers was, or I guess not, well, I guess was he a lover or just somebody who is very infatuated with her, was so infatuated with, with her that uh, an author wrote a filthy poem about it. She's recounting this poem and then she has her first stroke which kind of takes her to the hospital. She then needs to, you know, get airlifted back to the UK, uh, put into a CT machine. You know, she's prescribed a ton of things uh, to lower her cholesterol and her blood pressure. She needs to make lifestyle changes. It's hard to see her actually doing those changes. I don't think she really does. She's still finding all the cigarettes that she stashed, and she says that (laughs) she would basically die before doing exercise. But... um, (laughs) That's kind of the beginning of of the end for her. I don't know. In this uh, in this beginning, it's we we already it's weird because we already know where it's going. I guess how did how did this Margaret compare with with other Margarets that we've seen? Well, uh, I mean, it, it that's a tough question to answer because the only things we've seen happen to this Margaret have just been big bummers. Like, the, I mean, even. Uh, even the Helena Bonham Carter one, uh, you know, was kind of going through a bunch of sort of like midlife crisis, fun and debauchery. But there, there's not a ton of that here for for Leslie Manville. Again, last season was just this uh, downer of an episode where she, you know, kind of really comes to terms with the life that she lost out on with Peter this time around. Um, the one thing with about this particular depiction of Margaret and, and not just uh at this stage of life, but really throughout most of the crown is uh, like, like Margaret has children, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and they are, you know, they were largely absent, uh, you know, in, in previous versions of Margaret earlier in the show, but 100% invisible like here and now. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. That would either have to be, they didn't want to like bog down the Elizabeth, and Margaret like storyline with other people or did she like have a falling out with them and we don't know yeah I mean it's interesting because I I don't know that they were necessarily trying to like paint her as being profoundly lonely at this stage in life because she had a lot of friends she had a lot of family Um, I don't get the sense that she felt isolated but it is strange that at this particular kind of like stage of things especially as she's kind of like looking back on her life with you know both uh fond memories as well as a lot of regrets alike uh the fact that like the children aren't part of that conversation is a bit strange to me yeah no it's really interesting like once someone goes from margaret's storyline they're gone i mean i guess it makes sense that there's no tony no kids we don't even know their names i got a little bit confused with what i had actually remembered from seeing from the crown versus what i had scene in from when we watched the queen sister mm-hmm. because the queen sister also did a job of portraying how much queen margaret enjoyed being in barbados and i think her friend Anne, as well was in that movie a great deal and i think we saw Anne in the kind of season three slash season four uh era of the crown as well yeah mm-hmm. like we we have seen this exact setting before yeah it kind of blurred together a little bit 
Um, but obviously, I don't think. Now I'm misremembering. Did Margaret die at the end of the Queen Sister, or it kind of cut off before that? I think it cut off because I, I I think that the that particular actress in that movie was was definitely kind of like squarely like middle age cast, and I don't remember them like aging her up or or recasting her in the final scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that but then right. again, I don't retain too much from that film. <laughs> yeah. Other than. Uh, other than the fact that like Elizabeth wasn't really in it, but Prince Philip was like, he was just a liaison between all things crown and Margaret. Oh yeah. Good times. Okay. So Margaret returns to Barbados and, and, you know, presents her with a pretty relaxing itinerary stroll on the beach, you know, dinner for two, nothing crazy. And Margaret is immediately like, no, I want a party and I want all the people. And I want to just forget that this is happening which pretty much immediately leads to a second stroke. What I'm curious about, like, that party that is now just being thrown together haphazardly, like, are there just a lot of, like, people in their friend circle that live in the neighborhood that are ready to come over that evening at moment's notice? I mean, I, I guess. Or do they, are they all, like, staying in the complex? It'd be easier if they all just lived there and were on vacation and weren't doing anything. Well, also, the more that I think about this place, the less it makes sense, because these are friends of Margaret's who I assume are, I mean, they must be like noble in some way, right? Because they seem yeah, very probably. wealthy and well-connected, and they're just like chilling over there in the Caribbean uh, with like a, like, you know, very robust operation and, and, and party facilities and like, uh, you know, full staff. Like, what is this place? Uh, a colony? I assume that they all just like English people vacation over there for like long periods of time. They showed that like uh, Queen or Princess Margaret arriving. Uh, they showed a runway scene where the plane lands and she's greeted at the airport by Anne and some locals. And I felt like that scene particularly just made me feel like they don't really belong there. <laughs> But what we, yeah. we have seen that runway before, like in The Crown. Like mm -hmm. I remember, I, I think back when, um, uh, back in the Josh O'Connor days, like he came yeah. to this place where, where Helena Bonham Carter, Margaret was also hanging out and there was, uh, uh, you know, them sort of like, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. Like everything about this felt mm -hmm. very familiar. Probably their private runway. Probably. So Margaret goes to wash off and she can feel that another stroke is coming and it seems like she tries to turn off the water but accidentally turns it up and then can't turn it back down and then basically proceeds to have her second stroke and I think from outside notices a bunch of steam coming out from under the door and knows that something is wrong. This is basically, as we've mentioned before, an extremely uh, a harrowing portrayal uh, for the crown. Yeah, I mean, I, I was like, you know, watching that scene in between my fingers. Like, it, it was, yeah, just very brutal. Honestly, at that point, I was like, is this it? <laughs> I don't oh. know. But <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. Um, back in the UK, at this point, Margaret, she, uh, she needs to have a special car outfitted. You know, she's not going to do exercise. And she insists on having her 70th birthday party at the Ritz. She keeps bringing it up throughout the episode, the Ritz um, and the time that she and Elizabeth had there. But at the 70th birthday dinner, Margaret starts to tell the story and it gets cut off by Elizabeth, who is still very much like no one needs to know this side of me. That just made me very curious how people know about this. Um. Oh, maybe Margaret has told maybe she told people before she died or Elizabeth. Did, huh. 
Or I'm sure people remember it, like the actual soldiers that were there. Well, so let, let, let's, take a, let's take a step back here, actually. So Margaret, the way that she describes this night, it, I mean, obviously, it was a very special night for historic reasons. And, you know, if we're going with the, the royal night out version, it was kind of a bonkers night for them uh, in terms of the hijinks they got into. The crown version of their outing was certainly memorable, but I don't think it, at least to me, from my lens, not as like scandalous or as profoundly religious of an experience as Margaret is building it up to be. <laughs> like, like at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, Elizabeth went to a side party downstairs and went dancing. Like, that's what happened. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And I guess the point was that Elizabeth was so like uptight that that was surprising. I thought it was going to be something more profound. But but again, it's like the end of World War II. Everyone is yeah. getting just absolutely plastered in the streets. Like everybody's like, you know, inhibitions are just running wild. Like the fact that Elizabeth, you know, had some drinks, did a little bit of dancing and, and maybe kissed the guy. Like all things considered, like she had a very, you know, polite and, and, and PG rated version of that evening. Telling you, she can't do anything. <laughs> But, the, but like, this isn't like a royal night out where their uh, two escorts ended up having like an orgy in one of the Ritz side parties. Yeah, that's why I believe this one's real, because it's like not as intense. You're like, yeah, it probably was more boring. Yeah, but but I, 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 I am getting kind of like some some whiffs of Peter Morgan deciding like I need to spice this up, but I also need to keep it respectful and within the confines of what we think Queen Elizabeth would have done at any point in her life. I just feel like someone would have said what happened at some point. Well, but she's been alive for so long. You could have also gotten in trouble for saying anything. That's so, I, yeah, I don't know if people know. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a fair question, though. Like, if Elizabeth wasn't the queen, would she have been a, a very different person than the person that she ended up becoming because she was the queen? I think so, because most... Most of the night, she was paranoid about being recognized. With that said, she probably would have mostly just been a horse girl who occasionally went out dancing. I don't think it'd be that profoundly different, but yeah, less anxiety. I read into it more as like the fact that Elizabeth did something that she knows she maybe should not, like quote unquote, should not have done is never something that the royal Queen Elizabeth would ever do. It wasn't necessarily so much about like the actual events. It was more about the fact that Liz kind of went off and, and did something that was a quote unquote like break of the rules. And then you we can see like Queen Mother didn't know. Like they kept that secret for a very long time. <laughs> what does Queen Mother Queen know? Mother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, can we just talk about Queen Mother? Like when Margaret is describing like her condition. And Queen Mother just has to, you know, come in and say, like, she's not in, like, a home for geriatrics. It's like, come on, don't don't rub your health in your ailing daughter's face. You know, I, I, I can't imagine that this is what Peter Morgan did. But in my head, I'd like to, because I don't know exactly the real life details of when Queen Mother passed away or at what age. But I'd like to think that it actually happened, like, 10 years prior and in Peter Morgan's uh, version of uh, reality, like he just kept her alive until she was past 100 just so that she can keep popping up on screen for shock value. <laughs> God, the ultimate ghost. There's an interesting scene that 
it's like almost a blink if you miss <laughs> blink and you miss it scene between Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip, where for Philip, some reason he's got some sort of engagement, so he's not going to be at Margaret's birthday party. Oh yeah, what the fuck was that? Yeah, he was doing so well, and then they're like, he needs to be a royal dick again. And and then Queen Elizabeth makes a comment almost about it, and she's like, Anne will be there, Porchy will be there, Porchy never lets anybody down. It feels like such a dig <laughs> at, Princess, at, at, at Prince Philip as he's, you know, going to do whatever he's going to do on Margaret on Margaret's 70th birthday. But I mean, it was it was a well-deserved dig, like, and, and, and then <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. and then and then she like pulls herself back and is like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just like, you know, stressed out about things. It's like, no, don't apologize. Like, give him <laughs> shit. I'm telling you, it it's based off of this episode. It's insane to me that they were like together for so long and that Elizabeth was like so heartbroken when he died. Oh, man. Philip, you have time to I don't know. But that was not cool. That was like, why are you so mean to Margaret? Are you still mad about like Matt Matt Smith days? Could either of you tell if Philip actually had like a engagement to be at profession, like you know, as a royal, or if he just didn't want to be at the the party? Was it like a carriage racing thing to not be at the <laughs> party if it's not an actual thing? I feel like you'd get in trouble. I don't know. I couldn't really tell. I, I'm gonna say he did, but he was being a dick about it. Because like pretty much everybody else was at the party, at least like everyone that was in town. Like we saw, we saw Anne there, right? We we saw. Was there anybody else recognizable there? Anne and Queen Mother. Uh, I didn't see anyone else, but really. I guess assumedly the boys are at school. Yeah, I mean maybe Edward was there. Who knows? <laughs> Where was Charles? Wait, he should be around. Yeah, unclear. Um. Okay, so Margaret has her third stroke. And afterwards, she says that she definitely feels like this one is is different than the other ones. She can't see anymore. You know, she she can't really control her her extremities. She's and she's brought back to at, at this point. Is she living in the in the palace? It kind of seems like she is. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm more confused than ever about who's living where in this season. Yeah, because yeah. like, let's do a quick inventory. Charles seems to be at Highgrove, right? Yes. Yeah. The queen like Elizabeth has been mostly at Balmoral this season, I think. Well, right? I mean, they were at Balmoral yeah. for the first half of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, who's at Kensington now? Is it Margaret and Queen Mother? I guess they clearly Diana's not there anymore. So, but wait, when Diana was there, was she like cohabitating with them, like in in different wings um, of that palace? That'd be funny if they were. You'd think they could yeah. give them each their own palace. <laughs> Who's at Windsor? Right. Who's at Windsor? But it seems like Margaret has moved closer to Elizabeth. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're able to, yeah, do cards at night. And then Elizabeth is like, oh, I have to go. It made it seem like they were maybe just in different apartments at Buckingham. Yeah, because there's really, there's really no practical reason for these people to be in London, right? Like, it's, 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 it's noisy, it's crowded, security is probably a bit more of a logistical nightmare there. Like, having them at Windsor or Balmoral or really anywhere else is probably a much simpler operation for the whole security detail and staff to arrange. The one thing, though, the yeah. medical would be better. That's why I would say they probably I mean, would be dude, like, they probably have, like, a full medical staff on site wherever they go. I don't know. Did Margaret, does Margaret get the, like, um... Birdie had like that in-house surgery. <laughs> Didn't they just set up a surgical like operating room in the palace? I don't know if Margaret gets that. I would imagine 
that if there's still a warden of the swans that's been collecting a salary, it it, it stands to reason that there's going to be like an on-site doctor and maybe a couple of uh, nurses and, you know, physician's assistants at any given residence that the family's connected to, right? I don't know. I feel like they kept showing her in medical facilities and not in the house. Last name between Elizabeth and Margaret, the older versions of both characters, is uh, Elizabeth is reading Margaret a bedtime story, and Margaret basically runs Liz through all of the things that she wants to happen at her funeral. And I was surprised by this because I felt like this all should have been planned, you know, as soon as they were born, and it was unchangeable. So I was, <laughs> I was surprised that she's able to make special requests at this point in her life. Even if it is something as simple as like what she wants to be buried in and, you know, don't put lipstick on her. But yeah, the song that she wants to be playing, I, I felt like from based on everything that we've seen, these kind of royal funerals are very planned out in advance. Like, is this, was that the sense that you got as well? She's just going to buck the system one last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one thing that she says that makes Elizabeth laugh is please make sure I'm actually dead um, when they close the coffin. <laughs> That was One final funny. singer. But yeah, that's really it for, I mean, then she comes back. So I think we learn, right, that these flashback scenes are just Margaret's memory of what happened. Well, I mean, they, they do follow around Elizabeth. In, in fact, like the one thing about the flashback scenes that I feel like didn't quite work is that like the present day scenes were all from Margaret's perspective and very Margaret centric, whereas the the flashbacks were very Elizabeth focused. And it, it, it's interesting that again, Margaret's most precious connection to these memories are are kind of within the framework of what it meant for Elizabeth, rather than any journey that she might have been on. I mean, the, the the what makes me say that is kind of what happens at the end of the episode, where it is the older Margaret talking to. Queen Elizabeth after the night is over and saying that she's not going to be going, you know, in for breakfast with her, but she'll see her right. really soon. And maybe that's maybe a part of it is kind of like what Margaret just believes happened with Elizabeth. Maybe that is Margaret kind of putting in kind of like her own interpretation of how that night must have gone down, given that obviously she wasn't with Elizabeth when she first went down into the the party downstairs. So I don't know. That was kind of how I, or what I walked away with having watched how that all developed over the course of the episode. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so not only did most of this probably not happen, but even within like the lens of how it happened within the, the, this show, it's all just through Margaret's perspective and, and kind of an unreliable narrator. I guess. Would yeah, you rely on so. Margaret as a narrator? <laughs> well, for these flashbacks, right? Because like, yeah. for, she was so insistent about this being like a very, very special evening uh, that, you know, j just her seeing her sister dance and kind of like cut loose, like meant a lot to her. But again, it probably didn't happen and it probably didn't quite strike a chord in Elizabeth herself the way it did in Margaret. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. I mean, yeah, for I think an episode that we enjoyed a lot that's really kind of it anything else that we didn't really talk about here in this episode the only other stray thought that i had uh you know there's been so much in the crown lately that has really kind of 
come across as strikingly modern, uh, especially as we've now kind of moved into the 21st century. But every now and then there will still be like one scene or one shot that makes me go like, wow, like to think that this show started in 1952 and and now we're here. And, and for me, weirdly enough, in this episode, it was the CT scan. Like th- that mm-hmm. entire facility just felt so like just aggressively modern and, and aggressively, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of now uh, that it, yeah, it's just one of those like instances that just makes me like step back and be like, wow, this show has now covered 50 years. This is wild. Yeah, for sure. But despite that, one thing that really struck me was um, after Margaret burns her feet, the doctors recommended leeches. Like what dec- <laughs> what century? Oh, are we in? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 yeah, that does kind of torpedo it a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, you like, get wait, we're still kinds using those? of medicine here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Real medicine and royal medicine. Yeah, yeah, I thought that that was very much like a 1700s, 1800s at latest <laughs> remedy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, to think those survived the 21st century. All right, cool. So I think that takes us into... Probably the Kinky Crown Award. Yep. Um, I thought there were a couple moments here in this episode. Mm-hmm. All right, who's yeah, going sure. first this week? I, I forget. Ivan, you are let's, you're the judge. Let, let's let's pick it random. Let, let's go with Carlin. Okay. So my favorite one was Elizabeth not knowing where her gum came from. That's okay. Felt, that's mine. All right, Sam. Oh, I mean, I guess I'll go with the the poem that was written about Margaret that she actually likes. Uh. I think it was green with lust and sick with shyness. Let me lick your lacquered toes. Oh, gosh, oh, gosh, your royal highness put your finger up my nose. I mean, in isolation, that would work. But within the context of the scene in which it was delivered, (laughs) kind of a downer, Sam. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to Carlin this week. Oh, no. (laughs) Sam, that was a good entry. But, yeah, they really did make it completely sad. (laughs) I feel like you can't you can't put the context in. It's just like what what was it? Like this is a kinky poem. And I feel like even they acknowledge that. Yeah, but that. the scene in which it was delivered and in, in, in which it was presented to us uh, literally just foreshadows death. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, congrats Carlin. Thanks. <laughs> Fine. A hollow victory. Okay. Um Sponsors for this episode included The Ritz, uh, Harlem, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> CCTV, and Leeches as Medicine. That's always fun. Wait, CCTV just as a invention? Yeah, you didn't catch that at the beginning. Margaret is like, uh, I think it's right after they start playing cards. Um, Margaret is like revenge, and then Queen Elizabeth says she has to go to Clapham Junction for something about closed circuit television. Oh, like as in that's where they develop it? I have no idea. That was just like a random line that was thrown in right at the beginning. All right. Hopefully we find (laughs) out more next week. I doubt we will. But for that reason, I mean, they threw it in. So I figure they must have (laughs) they must have paid their way in. Do they ever do they ever refer to it as CCTV anywhere outside of the UK? Like I hear I feel like here in the US, you would just say like security footage, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I say here in the U.S. because as of this recording, I am in the United States of America for, uh, I think the the f- for Crown recordings, like almost the first time in three years. Wow! Yeah! Wow! How does it feel to be in a place with no royal family? Refreshing. <laughs>
Okay, well, I think that's going to take us to a close here on The Crown. Season 6, Episode 8, and an RIP to Margaret and to Porchy, but not Queen Mother. She's still kicking, and she doesn't need handrails in her house. So, take that. Next week. Do you think... (laughs) Sorry, real quick, real quick. Do you think, with two episodes left of this entire series, there... I mean, should we just take bets right now? Is Queen Mother's death going to be referenced as having happened off screen or will there be some on screen like depiction of it maybe we'd see like a funeral like maybe she's gonna die between this episode and the next episode but that's what i mean though are we getting a funeral or, or are we just gonna you know get a reference next week and like oh and with mummy having passed away last year as well like i mean like, like are we is it going to be depicted in any way or will it just be referenced in passing I hope it's depicted because I feel like she was a major character on the show, even if she's been like delegated so far down by now. Do either but of you know when she dies? I want to say it's around this era, like close to Margaret, right? It's within like months. It was really close. So Sam, yeah. what what take what? what's your bet? Will it will it be depicted on screen in some fashion, or will they just reference her as having passed away? I think. It will be, uh, I guess, how are we considering this? Is this off screen for Margaret? Well, yes and no, because like, I think there was more spotlight on the lead up to her death, but there's nothing happening with Queen Mother right now that suggests she's about to go into hospice care or anything like that. So the question is, when we come back next week or the week after, will Queen Mother already be dead? And is that just something that the show will not have even like, shown occurring or even shown the lead up to well like if we open the episode and we're at her funeral is that still that, that, like that's i would say that's considered like an on-screen passing but like if if they just skip everything if they skip the the lead up the 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 actual moment of death the funeral and it's just kind of catapults past that then i'd consider it off screen i think we'll see something all right I'm I'm glad I contextualized that for a further two minutes just for you to have the same answer as Carlin. Thanks. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I was fully understanding the the situation. Um, I'm glad yeah. we're we're ending off on a lighthearted note. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, next week, uh, two episodes left here of the Crown. One normal episode and one one hour twelve minute episode. Next week, we'll be diving into season six, episode nine, Hope Street. Reeling from loss and wary of her golden jubilee, the queen bonds with William, who finds his footing between normality and life in the royal limelight. So, yeah, more op- more of an opportunity for Queen Elizabeth to be in complete denial about everything she's ever said about love. Okay, so uh, with that... It sounds like a, a current <laughs> queen and a future king getting together to maximize their joint sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Ivan, if people want to catch up with you about the the crown, the royal family, uh, where can they do that? Well, as I said, I'm in the United States right now, and we're recording this on December 26th, 2023. Uh, it's close to 10 a.m. in the morning. I would say 90 minutes from now, I'll be at Powell's Books in Portland, Oregon, if you want to meet up there to chat. <laughs> okay, uh, which will be like, what, like three weeks ago? <laughs> exactly like yeah okay uh carlin what about you um instagram and threads i guess at carlin underscore ge all right and you can find me on twitter at sir sam chung but the best place to reach us if you have any thoughts or questions about the crown 
or about the podcast is on Twitter at crownaroundpod. And that's all we got for you today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. And God save the queen. God, God save, save the queen. The queen.